This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Well, it's a new year, and as a new year begins, it's time to think about how you can make your 2024 your best year yet. Financially, of course, is what I mean. So it's no surprise that paying down debt and improving one's finances really tops the list of resolutions for Canadians. It's been several years now, but as we know, the surveys show resolutions don't always stick. So how do you make sure that this is your best year yet? With advice on that, I'm joined by one of the country's leading and respected authorities on personal finance. Patty Lovett Reed, welcome back to Your Money and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hi, Nancy. It's always so great to have you on the show, Patty, and I know many of our listeners know you from your time as Chief Financial Commentator on BNN, but maybe before we get started on the advice that you have for our listeners today, you can provide a little bit more information, I guess, on your background, because you really have done a lot when it comes to personal finance. (laughs) Well, Nancy, you're right. I've been in it for 100 years, it feels like. (laughs) Uh, You know, the one thing I will say is that I've watched many economic cycles come and go. I've watched... Canadians become so much more aware of their financial situation. The conversations are very real about inflation and are we headed for a recession and what happens if I really do lose my job? And and so I think there is very much a keen awareness. Uh, I can remember decades ago, literally, when I started, uh, you know, the default was I'm going to put money into a GIC and I'm going to leave it alone. Or, to your point, I'm just going to try to retire debt. And life appeared so much easier, maybe a little more simple. And so in today's environment, I think it's a little more complex. No, I couldn't agree more. There's There's been so much, I guess, upheaval for people over the last few years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with interest rates increasing uh, over the last you know, 18 to 24 months and inflation skyrocketing, we're still feeling some effects, I think, of the pandemic. So there's been yeah. a lot for people to deal with, right? And, and many have turned uh, to credit and to debt in order to supplement their income. They're starting to feel the pinch of that uh, now. And I think the start of a new year really can mark a fresh start, like a new beginning for people when it comes to their finances. And Patty, we know that every year at this time, and and the polls show it, Canadians make the New Year's resolutions to better manage their money. And in fact, the past decade, it's topped annual surveys, right? That's the one thing that people really want to focus on. And I I can't imagine 2024 is going to be any different. But as you mentioned, the polls prove that we're not always successful with our our resolutions. Mm -hmm. So according to some surveys, 80% of resolutions fail by February, about 60% of us make New Year's resolutions, but only about 8% are successful in achieving them. And here's another 23% of people quit their resolution by the end of the first week, and 43% quit by the end of January. And I see this, you know, you go to the gym in January, February, there's way more people there, right, than is normally mm-hmm. there, but then they mm-hmm. start to, to teeter off. And so instead, I think of making money management a resolution, 
I'm encouraging people to make it part of their 2024 financial plan. So, Patty, would you agree? Like, let's just skip it as a resolution and, and really yeah. make the commitment. Yeah. Uh, well, after you sharing those statistics with me, I'm absolutely not going to call this a resolution. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I am a very big goal setter. I believe in having goals, and I've done it my whole life. And I like to establish goals uh, in, in our household. Uh, we have done it. My husband and I have been married almost 30 years. And we have our very first net worth statement um, that we did between Christmas and New Year's 30 years ago. And from a net worth statement where we list down everything that we own and everything that we owed at the time, we, to be fair, we don't, we don't have debt now, but we certainly did. And we would say, okay, what stands out on this net worth statement? We owe debt on this credit card. Uh, can we apply a little more to our mortgage? Are we saving enough? We wanted our children to go through for a post-secondary education, and it was important to us to fund that education. Not all of it. They did have some skin in the game. But my point is um, we set goals that matter to us as a household. We got aligned as a household. And we had to change what I would call our money mindset. And that meant very, very early on was mindless spending, where it became a sport or you saw something and you wanted instant gratification. Or the children may have said, um, we need a new computer. We only have one and there are four of us in high school and going on to university. And, uh, and yet we still want a family trip. Well, guess what? We couldn't afford both. So let's talk about it as a family and make some decisions and, and you know, get aligned. So I don't think it's about setting goals, Nancy. Excuse me, setting resolutions, Nancy. I think it's about each household being razor sharp on the money they have, where they're spending it, and what they might want to do differently. Yeah, I love that. I mean, communication is really key, right? When it comes to oh, you, your spouse, yeah. but, you know, your your kids as they get older and even talking to them about that to your point, right? And making decisions on, okay, well, we can't do everything. So let's discuss this and figure out what's important to everyone. Because sometimes people's goals differ, right? So it's really yeah. important to make sure that everyone's aligned, right? With what their goals are and what you want to achieve from your finances as you move into the year. You know what? That is a very, very good point because... It may be the top goal where everyone says, I want to pay down debt, but it may not be your household's goal. And and so when it comes to goal setting, you need to own it. It's got to be achievable, stretchy enough that you're making some changes in your household, but it's got to be something that you get excited about. Because if you're not excited about paying down debt, you're just saying it because you know it's there, I guarantee you it won't happen. No, that's absolutely right. You had to be, it's about making the commitment, right? It's not about, yeah. well, this is what I think I should do, right? It's about recognizing this is what I actually want to do. I want to accomplish mm-hmm. this and committing to making it happen. And, you know, Patty, I was reading a past article that you wrote regarding making positive changes pertaining to people's finances to start a new year. And you wrote, oh. it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do something. Bottom line, it's all about improving your financial status by recognizing that small changes can lead to big results. And in that same article, you went on to write, creating wealth is rarely about doing one big thing right. It's more often about doing a lot of little things right. So I think that's really motivational for people.
people as we start 2024, because often when it's a big thing, it can seem almost um, like you can't accomplish it. Like, how are you ever going to get there? But looking at, a, at it as a lot of little things makes it more achievable, I think, for people. So can you speak to our listeners about that? Wow, thank you. Uh, yes, I remember writing that article. Um, and you know, it's funny when you hear you hear your own words back, I think, yeah, you know what? I truly do believe that. I, I mean it when I say uh, people create wealth, not by how much um, they make, but by how little they spend. And it is truly about living below your means and having a little bit left over to align it to something that, that does matter to you. And I get it, you know, with rates going higher and mortgage resets happening and people living very close to the margin, yes, inflation is coming down, but to suggest that it's low would be inaccurate. And people people don't have the financial wiggle room right now. What if your goal was not to increase your debt over the next year? That's pretty impressive. You know, you may not be in a position this year to pay it down, but as we get through this economic slowdown, and we've even heard from our Bank of Canada Governor, Tiff Macklem, and, and he said, you know, the first six months of this year, it's going to be rocky. So why wouldn't it be rocky for your household, our household, all of us? So you look at how do I get through the first January? How do I get through February? And you just make small changes. What if you committed to not eating out? Like, like we're not eating out at all. We're not spending that money. And those small little amounts, you applied it towards debt. That would suggest by the end of the month, you've made a little bit of movement there, but you haven't increased your debt because you've changed your behavior. Yeah, I think that that is some really great advice. Uh, you know, doing and people often don't realize, right, that those little changes can add up in the long run. And a lot oh, of yeah. people are, are looking at their budgets and going, I don't know where I'm going to get the money right now to pay down your debt. So I love that, that you're setting a goal that you're not going to let it get bigger. Right. Like that, you know, that you're is not going to let it get. Yeah, it is a big accomplishment. But I also think it's, um, you know, what do the really, really rich do differently? They know their numbers with razor sharp precision. They know exactly how much money they have coming in and they tend to know exactly what it is they're spending their money on. And so I talked briefly about a net worth statement. That's a snapshot. That's a picture in time. I can also tell you with our net worth statements at the start of the year and we set our goals and we put our financial plan in place. Nancy, in our household, not a single financial plan has come out exactly as we thought it would because life gets in the way. There are financial hiccups, detours, speed bumps. You know, something can happen. The car breaks down. You know what I mean. And so, But the point is you can take corrective action when you have a plan. So part of the equation is that net worth statement, but equally important is knowing exactly how much money you have coming in and maybe more importantly what it is you're spending that money on because that's where you can make the small changes. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, being able to pivot as things come up is equally as important as you said, as setting the plan at the beginning of the year. Well, I do want to get into what it looks like uh, to set your financial plan for 2024, because the CIBC sure. survey shows us that Canadians actually don't have a financial plan, most Canadians. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them 
them online at VOCM.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Patty Lovett-Reed. She's a certified financial planner, finance expert, finance commentator, award-winning author, and of course, one of the country's leading and respected authorities on personal finance. So, Patty, we've been talking about the importance of starting out 2024 right when it comes to your finances. And of course, a lot of that means getting on track with a financial plan. So let's talk a little bit about that now. What should people be considering when it comes to creating their financial plan? And are there some key questions that they should be asking themselves? Yeah, I I actually think so. The first thing I would say is um, don't self-eliminate. People will tell me all the time, I only have debt, so I don't need a financial plan. I I don't have enough money, so I'm not going to get a financial plan. No financial advisor will ever really talk to me because I'm not in that league. And I think that that is absolutely false. I do think every single one of us needs a financial plan, and it could be as crude as a back of the envelope where you say to yourself, okay, what are my financial goals? In a perfect world, what would I like to accomplish in a year? Uh, Or it could be in a month, or it could be medium term, three years, and maybe five years out. Because you got to dare to dream. And until you put something concrete together to say, here's what really matters to me, here is a goal that I have financially, um, you're not going to, you're not going to move forward. And, And so one of the articles that I've often done in the past is, why don't you establish a goal for yourself to create a plan where you list down all of the elements of the plan? And what I mean by that, Nancy, is you start with a goal. Like what matters to you? You start with one piece of debt and say, okay, one of my goals is to pay off the largest balance on a credit card or the one that's costing me the most or even the one that has the smallest balance because I go from five pieces of outstanding debt to four. And that can be really motivational. There will be others that say, okay, we've never really looked at insurance. Do we need insurance? Uh, What would happen to my family financially if something were to happen to me today? Look, I, I lost my father. I was nine years old. He was 36 and he died of a heart attack. I can absolutely tell you insurance didn't make it easier on my mother emotionally, but it sure did financially. And others will say, okay, I may be um, a little more advanced in life, and I really have never sat down and done a will, and I, I really should think about it. And people will say, I put a will in place and I did it a decade ago. Well, what I can tell you is that your family dynamics may have changed. Um, The tax situation in Canada has probably changed. Maybe how you want to align your assets has changed. And the point is, maybe you just need to review it and update it. And there's validation in saying, you know what, what we put in place still makes sense. But there are so many elements to a financial plan. There is insurance, there is debt management, there is saving, there is debt investing. Um, You know, and so if you were to take each month of the calendar year and address one element of your financial life and, and got real about it, 
I guarantee you'd be in a different financial situation this time next year because you're very aware, you're very conscious, and you're putting a plan in place that makes sense to you. Yeah, I think that's that's a really great idea, like breaking it down, like even into monthly tasks that you're going to try to accomplish. Because again, as we talked about, sometimes when you set something as a goal, uh, it can seem overwhelming. But if you're saying, well, oh, this yeah. is what I'm going to accomplish this month and this is what I'm going to look to do next month and so on, it, it makes it uh, more bite-sized pieces, right? And as you accomplish yeah. those bite-sized pieces, it will motivate you to continue on with the next one, right? So let's say you want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds. Um, that's overwhelming. 10 pounds, any woman listening knows, that's a size. And you know what? How, like, how do you go about doing losing 10 pounds? One pound at a time. And you will get there by changing up small things that are habitual. And so that mindless spending, do you know the most popular night to go uh, and spend money online is Friday night? And it's very, very late in the evening. I can tell you, I've seen stats on it. Because people will maybe have a glass of wine, they're bored, they go on Amazon, they start shopping. And it doesn't seem real. Now, some of the stuff they return, I get that. Others, it's just like, okay, now I've got it. What am I going to do with it? It's too much of a hassle. I'll keep it. I, I mean, it, habits are are so easy in so many elements of our life. And we know, we know statistically it takes 21 days to break a habit. Well, think about a financial habit that you are doing, whether it's a designer coffee. And I know I've heard it, Nancy, people say, Patty, you know, giving up your latte is not going to create wealth. No, but giving up a habit that you continue to do can change your trajectory. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and you know, I've, I've had that same advice for people, right? Like if you're looking for ways to trim things in your budget, there may be habits that you have that if you trim them back may not seem like a big amount today, but add up over time, right? And if you look at oh, yeah. savings, you know, little amounts, you have compound interest, right? That makes a difference in the amount that you're putting away. So, you know, sometimes looking at the small things, but not just like what it means for that day or that week or that month, but what it means over the course of the year or the two years or the five years and, and it can really make a difference. So we've talked about the importance of goal setting and we've talked about, um, you know, breaking it down into bite-sized pieces to, to try to make it not seem as overwhelming when you're setting your goals. We've also talked about in the last segment how many people give up on the resolutions that we make and we're trying to, to focus them on the plan versus making it a resolution, but men, most times it's because they don't stay motivated. So do you have any tips, Patty, for how our listeners can stay motivated so that they can actually achieve the financial success that they're setting out to do? Yikes. Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> I, I know it's just, that is a really tough one. Um, I can't motivate someone to save money. But I can try to create a motivational environment so that they will then become motivated. And like I, I love working out. I work out for about an hour to an hour and a half every day. I try to do weights. I do cardio. And I can tell you, I just had an annual medical. And so 
here's what motivates me. What motivates me are the results that all that hard work, even on the days I didn't want to do it, actually paid off. My grip strength, it, I crushed it. Um, my squats, I crushed. I can tell you that my muscle mass increased about one and a half kilos. Um, at this age, it's hard to continue to build muscle mass. You often lose it far more rapidly. The point I'm making is, one, I'm bragging. Yes, I'm very proud of the numbers. <laughs> you should be proud. You, no, I, and I am, but, but more importantly, um, I, there are many days when I didn't, oh, excuse me, want to do it. <laughs> Sorry. I just didn't, but I did it anyway because I believed in my plan and I believed that the results would come. And the results did not come overnight. They came a year later. So that's what happens with your plan. In the moment when you think, oh, let's just order, or you think, you know, you give in to that whim, I, I need another black skirt. No, you don't. You really don't. But you get where I'm coming from. It's when you don't give in to the impulse or the desire to sort of what we call capitulate and throw the towel in um, that gets you through those tough moments and know that small changes actually start to accumulate over time. And then you start to get really excited. Yeah, I think it's important to focus on, you know, what that what your end goal is, right? And always remember that you, if you don't always give in to the to the little devil that's on your shoulder and you're listening to the little angel that's on the other shoulder, you are yeah. going to see progress, right? And always yeah. keep the prize uh, the prize in mind. Wow. Look, you didn't get into you know, debt overnight, and you're not going to get out of it overnight. Um, you know, it, this this is all about time. So when you're setting those goals, and and they're realistic, you own them, you get excited about them. They're stretchy enough that you think, okay, I just might be able to achieve this. But then you also have to put a realistic time horizon attached to them, and realistic by your standards, not someone else's. No one, no one lives your life. No one knows. Um, you can't make assumptions when you have two individuals that you think demographically they're about the same age. They've had pretty much the same job. They live in the same neighborhood. I can tell you, Nancy, that um, I'm an ambassador for Canada Helps. And one of the most startling numbers for me this year was 17% of Canadians are reaching out to charities that are services for basic life needs whether it's food or it's clothing or a roof over their head. And of the 17% in the last year, 69% did it for the first time this year. So what that tells you is that, you know, people living in a difficult financial environment, you think, well, you know, it's not me, it's not my neighbor. We're in the same homes, we're at the same stage, but it just might be. You just don't know how people are living financially. No, you're absolutely right. I have those conversations with people all the time. You know, they say, well, I have, I look around my neighborhood and they have this toy and that toy and I'm going, how are they doing it? And I said, but you don't know what their actual situation is. They likely don't. don't own any of that, right? They're uh -huh, probably right. in debt and, you know, like they're, they have high payments. They maybe have stress because they have all those things. Like what you see on the outside is not necessarily what's going on in the inside. And that's one of the things we always caution people about social media as well right and, oh, uh, and we please, now yeah. we see 
so many surveys that say, you know, 65%, 70% of Canadians are struggling with their finances right now. So when you look at those figures, and they're, they're slightly different in different surveys, but they're all really high numbers, it tells you that someone, in fact, multiple people likely, in your family and friend circle are struggling with something with related that's related to their finances. Well, 100%. and that's because we've, yeah, and we've seen a lot of uh, financial uncertainty. We're going to see more of that as we get into 2024. So I think when we come back, Patty, I'd love for you to share some advice with our listeners on how they can better manage their money in times of uncertainty. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Patty Lovett-Reed. She's one of our country's leading and respected authorities in personal finance. She's a certified financial planner, financial expert, finance commentator, and of course, award-winning author. And she's sharing advice today on how you can make 2024 your best year yet, financially speaking. And Patty, with Canadians facing so many affordability challenges right now. There's a lot of financial uncertainty and inflation and higher interest rates have taken a toll on the finances of so many Canadians as we talked about uh, in the last segment. And there's still talk about a looming recession. Some are saying that um, we're in one. Some are saying we may miss a recession. Some are saying it's we're, we're about to, to start the recession. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about recession. And debt is at an all-time high. So according to Equifax Canada, Canada's latest Market Pulse Consumer Credit Trends and Insights report. The Equifax report shows that total consumer debt in Canada now sits at $2.4 trillion, an increase of $80.9 billion from the same period last year. Non-mortgage debt is also up. So nationally, it sits at just over $21,000. Here in Newfoundland, that's higher. We're almost at $23,000. So as concerning as these statistics are, even more concerning is the rise in delinquencies. So the percentage mm-hmm. of Canadians who missed a payment on at least one product increased from one in 31 during the pandemic to one in 25 in Q3 of 2023. Mortgage holders are starting to miss payments as well, particularly first-time home buyers and those who renewed their mortgages during this peak interest rate period over the last 12 months. The overall non-mortgage balance delinquent Quincy Ray where no payment has been seen for 90 days or more, so that's three months, is up 29.2% from this time last year. Our province saw above average rises again in delinquencies, increasing 18.1% compared to last year. So, Patty, when you listen to these statistics, how concerned are you? Well, I am very concerned, and, and I do think that the Bank of Canada governor is as well. I mean, he knows that there is going to be a fairly large cohort here in Canada that uh, continue to struggle under the weight of a higher interest rate environment. And it's only been recently where families are saying, I can't, and they are missing those payments. So that in itself is, is, is a big deal. There's no question. There are many others that... Um, 
are just just getting by. Uh, and you see reports where people will say, I got to make a decision this month. Do I pay my utility bill or do I buy uh, meat and produce for the family this week? Or do I, you know, make that car payment? And many will leave their car payments um, as, a, as a last resort to miss because many will need their car to get to work. And if their car is repossessed, it's very, very difficult. I think that um, many households, to the extent that that you can talk to your financial provider, your bank, to say, we are in a difficult situation right now. Uh, we want to get through it. Look, the bank does not want to repossess your home. Like, they don't. They will do what they can do to work with you. It could be a moratorium on payments for a month or two to see if you can get back on your feet. Um, people will look at options. They've, I've seen many households pick up side hustles. They're working two and three jobs. Uh, what I can tell you, Nancy, is when we have an economic downturn, we need, we need the economic downturn to right the economy to bring inflation back under control. And and I know this is going on longer than many would like, uh, but the reality is we're not there yet. Uh, the U.S. may be inching closer. They've already telegraphed that they're going to be lowering rates this year, maybe as many as three times. So it, ours is going to be still very data dependent. And once we get through it, and we whether we're in a recession or close to a recession, it doesn't matter to these families. They're, they're struggling with where we're at right now today. Yeah. So my greatest hope is that uh, the job market, which has proven to be extremely resilient in Canada, continues to do so, that people don't lose their jobs, because that's often the day of reckoning for families. Many families do not have uh, emergency funds set aside if they do lose their job. They simply haven't been able to save it. Um, there will be other households that I can tell you um, will continue to spend. And, and to be fair, those that can afford to spend, Nancy, the economy needs them to. Because think of all the small business owners that are waiting, you know, struggling to get consumers in the door. Uh, this past holiday season, where were people spending their money? Less on goods, more on services. People wanted experiences. They want time together. Um, and so goods providers are, are also in a difficult situation right now. And, and so what I can tell you is that we've been through economic downturns. We will get through economic downturns. Um, heck, Warren Buffett will tell you, uh, and for anyone who has seen his documentary, that when times get tough and his stock is not particularly performing well, he goes every morning to the McDonald's drive-through. On days when he feels flush, he gets the full meal deal. On days when he doesn't, he'll say, I'll just have um, some scrambled eggs and one patty or whatever it is. My point is, if Warren Buffett, who right now stands, I think, at the world's fourth largest uh, wealthiest person makes changes to get through difficult periods, it should tell all of us something.
No, absolutely. And I love that you talked about the day of reckoning. It is different for different people depending on, on their circumstances, right? But I don't want yeah. to be all doom and gloom, right? Because no. this is a new year, right? I want people to have a fresh start that we've been talking about when it comes to their finances. So right. you recommend consumers develop a millionaire mentality. Oh, look no guess. further than some of the financial and life habits of the wealthy. So you just mentioned Warren Buffett, right? To understand how yeah. they achieve financial success and weathered ups and downs in the economy because that's what we're looking to do now so maybe you can speak a little bit more to this you know um, in the past life in a job one of my positions was um, a senior vice president and part of that role and it was at TV was to go across the country and speak to our high-value clients about the economy the environment and I did this for about a decade Nancy and so there were many and a high-value client by the way is someone who has 25 million dollars or more in this case of investable assets I mean these are people that were wealthy by any standard you want to think about and I started to watch their behaviors and what what were they doing how could I, how could I at an early age develop a millionaire mentality when I clearly didn't have a million dollars but I wanted to think and act like one and I found it fascinating so a few of the things that I noted um, just because they can doesn't mean they do just because they can spend money and a lot of money frivolously they don't they just never do I've already talked about the fact that they always knew where they stood financially and they will not borrow to uh, go into debt to consume but they will borrow to go in uh, to invest, invest in themselves if they have to go back to school early on, invest in their business, invest in their assets, invest in their portfolio. But they won't invest to go. Or they won't borrow to go on a holiday because they think that's like a, a never-ending sinkhole when you own debt. Earlier in our conversation, you talked about time and compounding and how wonderful that is when you're saving but it can destroy your financial life when you owe money because that debt compounds as well and and it, it grows and it continues to grow like a snowball so um, they don't like debt um, they they talk about their legacy which I think is interesting it's not the financial part you know what Nancy anybody who's thinking about uh, creating an estate plan or putting a will in place honestly that's the easy part. The legacy part is the part where when you're no longer here, how will you be remembered? What type of person were you? What did you do? How did you make people feel? Um, so the legacy part is often a more difficult component to come to grips with and, and make sure that, that you have a plan in place for that legacy. Uh, I love this one that many, many told me time and time again, and I believe this wholeheartedly. The next big thing is right around the corner. 
So if you have lost your job or you are overwhelmed financially or whatever it is, um, opportunities present themselves. They always do. You just need to be open to it. And so I have coined, because I listen to these people, I did it last year and I'm doing it again this year. And obviously, it's not original, Nancy. When I say this is my year of yes, um, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm the one that came up with this. Obviously, it's out there. But yes to me means I am going to take on new challenges, new experiences, new opportunities, and I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to always keep growing to the extent that I can. Because when I can't control the economic environment or a situation, what I can control is how I respond to it. I always can control that. And so I think that's where you're in the driver's seat this year. Yeah, I love that. Right, Putting it in perspective of what you can and can't control and focusing on the things you can and making yep. the right decisions around that, right? To give yourself that yeah. fresh start. I absolutely love that. Well, you also talk about when there's tight time and financial time, sorry, it's still important to pay yourself first and look yep. at how you can invest in yourself. And you talked a little bit about that, but we're going to talk a more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, the Beatles, and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here in VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Patty Lovett-Reed. She's a certified financial planner, finance expert, finance commentator, and of course, award-winning author. She's one of the country's leading and respected authorities on personal finance, and we're very lucky to have her here today as we start 2024. And Patty, one of the things that you recommend um, is that even during tight financial times, which as we've been discussing, many are feeling right now, it's still important to pay yourself first. And you recommend doing it through automatic payroll deduction. So can you talk a little bit about why that's so important and how maybe this money should be invested? You know, uh, I love having money come directly off your paycheck and aligned to something that matters to you. Uh, because the amount then that goes into the actual bank account is, is what you have left over. And you don't miss the other money. You tend to start, even like small amounts, I'm not talking big amounts, but you start to accommodate your lifestyle for the money that you have coming in. And, and so I do think that in periods of uncertainty and you feel that every dime is being sucked away from you to go and apply it against debt from something that you may have consumed years ago can be extremely demotivating. But when you take small amounts and you say, okay, I'm going to tuck this into a holiday account or I'm going to take this money, have it come directly off my account and I'm going to pay it down on a piece of credit card debt or I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it into a balanced mutual fund and I'm going to leave it alone and let time and compounding and the markets do their wonder and I'm going to do it consistently. I'm not going to try to time the market. I'm not going to do it. Some months I have money, some months I don't. I'm going to set it up as a pre-authorized purchase plan and it comes out 
uh, in our household our whole life. It came out on the first of the month. Others would say that coincides with my mortgage payment. I can't do that. They may decide to do it on another random day. Um, but whatever it is, I, I do think it's very motivational to say, even before I pay the government my taxes, like a business partner for life, I know the government's there and I have to do it. I'm paying me. I'm working. I'm going to take some of my money and it's going to go to something that matters to me. And Nancy, you don't have to do this alone. Like The one part that we haven't talked about is the really savvy person out there is the one that says, I need some help here. I need Absolutely. help to figure out what my next step should be, uh, some of the things I should be doing, some of the things that I may be doing wrong that I want to write, but I can't. When we talk about being in a difficult financial situation, an expert can stop the interest clock for you. Um, they can they can talk to your creditors on your behalf to say, here's where we're at with this particular person. Can we come to some sort of agreement? Um, so I think I think it's so important to say, hey, I need what we what we call in our household four eyes. I'm looking at it, but I need someone else to look at this problem so that there are you know each of us have two sets of eyes, and maybe we can come up with a solution that that. I can live with. Yeah, I think that we talk about that so often here on the show, no matter what the topic really is, that it's always good to have someone who's an expert in whatever it is you're looking at it, look at it with you, right? Because that's, you wouldn't fix your own car if you weren't a mechanic, right? You wouldn't diagnose your own illness if you weren't a doctor. So when it comes to financial planning, when it comes to investing, when it comes to dealing with your debt, talk to someone who is an expert in the field and can help you see maybe the things that you're not going to to be able to see, right? And I, so looking exactly. at it from a different lens, having someone, you know, look at your personal situation is so, so important. You and know, Patty, see, one of the, so I was just going to say, one of the things that I, I reached out to my followers on Instagram to say, hey, I'm going to do a couple of lives each month on things that I think will impact your life. And the number one thing people have asked for is, okay, let's, one is, is, is actually women in menopause, but two was um, paying off debt and working with yeah. an expert and who to look for. Um, and so it's, and I have a demographic that I would say is probably 45 plus. And so this isn't just, you know, young people. This is people who are getting close to retirement on the cusp of retirement, maybe just thinking about it that say, okay, I need, I need some help here. No, absolutely. If we look at insolvency statistics, the largest demographic of filers is often those 35 to 55, right? Like that, yeah. that really is yeah. where most people are getting themselves uh, in trouble. And I think that median age is 47, right? For, yeah. for where yeah. people are looking to get help with, uh, with their debt. So that makes complete sense to me. So I think yeah. one of the things that we've been talking about when it comes to, you know, looking at your finances, paying down your debt is controlling uh, your spending. And one of the things that you say is, you know, you can master a frugal lifestyle and a healthy money mindset. So what can you tell us about that? What if, um, you know, you just simply said, all of my discretionary spending, I am going to shut it down. 
I am going to wear the existing wardrobe I have. I have enough. I have an abundance. I don't need to spend more money. And it is absolute, it becomes almost a personal challenge to say, I'm going to shop my closet. I am going to look at all the subscriptions that I have and I am going to eliminate those that I don't need or that I know I could cut back on. I am not going to throw out a single thing in my refrigeration, fridge, uh, refrigerator this, this week. Like I'm not like, going to let anything go to waste. I'm going to get creative. I'm going to involve everyone. And that's, then you become very frugal. And there is a difference between being frugal and being cheap. And the one thing that we haven't talked about is, is, you know, budgets get a bad rap, but they work. They really do work. And so when you have a budget and you stick to the budget, I mean, that's your mindset. It starts to change and it gets back to, once again, knowing your numbers. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of people budgeting, right? It's so you can't plan unless you know what you've got coming in and going out. And some people like to call it their money plan or their cash flow plan or whatever it is that you want to call it, as long yeah. as you're looking at that on a regular basis, right? And and, and making changes yeah. where you need to, because like to your point earlier, things come up, right? So yeah. uh, it's so, so important. So if that's the one starting place that you have for 2024, that you haven't been a budgeter or you have haven't been a good budgeter, then make that your sort of step one for and 2024 to get into that habit. Mm-hmm. Like they supercharge that budget because, sure, I know people will always say, okay, I'm going to do food and accommodation and electricity and taxes. And, yeah, those are cheap budget components. But you supercharge your budget by saying, okay, this time next year as we just come out of the holiday season, it will be here. We are going to budget for it now. Small amounts, they will add up. And the amount that we have, we're going to, that's what we will spend. I will plan for the family vacation in the summer. I will plan for the one-off weddings or birthdays. I will plan today small amounts for when, even if the car is working, you know, you don't know when it's going to break down. You don't know when the roof is going to leak. You don't know if you're going to lose your job. And, and so supercharging those budgets allows for the what-if scenario. Love that. Well, Patty, it's been a pleasure as always having you on the show. You always have some great insights for our listeners, but we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final piece of advice today, what would it be? Ooh, uh, what would it be? It would be that um, take charge now. It's a new year. It's a new you. It's a new beginning. What's happened in the past is, is in the past. You can't control the future, but you can control what you decide to do today. And and I think that can be very, very empowering. And, and I'll repeat what I said earlier. It's not ever going to be about doing one big thing right. I mean, that would be great, but it doesn't work that way. But in your life, taking control, taking charge of your finances is all about doing a lot of little things right. And it's like a giant bicycle wheel that, you know, the faster you pedal, the more momentum you get, uh, the further you get to go. That's great. I love that analogy. Well, Patty, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you to get some more advice, follow you on social media, what's the best way for them to do that? 
I would probably say it's Instagram. That's where I'm, although I am relaunching my YouTube channel, Take Charge Now. I am also um, relaunching TikTok, which I got to tell you, I have failed at miserably, but I'm going to focus on finances there. And Instagram is where I get most of the questions that people have on a personal basis because they can direct message me. And it's all Patty Lovett Reed. Uh, I think it's Patty underscore Lovett Reed, one word on Instagram. And there's a little blue check mark because believe it or not, there are a lot of people who say they're me. So many I can't even, oh I can't even go through and report them. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, mine has the blue check mark. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you again for sharing your advice with our listeners. Such great advice that they can start their 2024 on the right uh, track and have their best year yet. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Remember, I always want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question or a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or call me at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Sneddon. Stay safe, be well, happy new year everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoneyatbdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.